So yeah, fantastic. We've got Sean Monemi here because he is leaving South Africa in a week's time. His um, time to go to America to the college there and his rugby scholarship he's got and stuff. So we're just celebrating him and uh, having our last kind of day or two with him as he's in South Africa and joining together. So I just want to um, encourage us this morning with regards, I'm going to ask Ray just to pray with regards to this as well. You know, it's been a, a very interesting season at time that we've been in these last, even last couple of months and not being able to meet together again. I'm really trusting that in the next few weeks in September, I think it was last September, we also gathered for the first time after many months of not gathering together. So I believe that we can come together in meetings again and hopefully increases it to 100 and we can have a few people around the table again and sit and talk in that context again. But um, it's, been a, it's been quite a challenge when it comes to finance, folks. It really has been a tight line in the season at the Bay. And, um, you know, we just honor people for their faithfulness and all their uh, realities of what you have given faithfully. And um, it's, it's been, yeah, we've, the last few months have been challenging. In that. And, I, and I, the realities for me is, with regards to this stuff is that last year, you know, people gave very generously and we, we amazingly went through and we were able to be a blessing. But it's the same time last, from this time to this year. And I realized the effects of COVID have touched us all, you know, and it's not what it was last year. We are now experiencing what we've walked from last year and it's just a bit of a knockoff from that, you know, and you know our hearts, it's no pressure. We're not forcing people to kind of do anything and stuff. You, you are following the principles and the foundations and in faith, we do these things in God. And we're not trying to kind of, you know, keep the, the engine running, you know, in, in that kind of context of, of doing things, but we, we are trusting God. And I honestly, I truly believe for the Bay that God is going to pour out to us beyond our wildest thinking and imagination. I honestly believe that. And we have got so many promises, so many things to do. And it's, you know, in the midst of thinking we can hardly keep the lights on, you know, but like God really like, you know, when are you going to, what is and how? And we can't, faith is the evidence and the substance of things unseen. And uh, I truly believe that God is, is going to pour out to us, you know. So, uh, Ray, I know I can see you sitting there with your grandchild and uh, doing his thing. I don't know if you're up to stand near your computer and just give us a, a prayer of faith. And I just want to honor this man for what he's done for us with regards to the finances. Yes, and, amen. you know, we, we can be assured, you know, you, you can be assured that if the finances aren't in this position because it's been messed up. No. We have got an incredible man who is a qualified um, accountant and carries things in the background for us. But not only is he a numbers man, he's a faith man. Come on. Yes. And that's the difference. That is the difference. So, Ray, I just want to bless you and thank you for all that you carry for us. So just pray over us as we take up a virtual offering this morning. <laughs> yeah, and as I, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yep, good. Um, just to encourage you, it's the beginning of the month, time to give. So even though we're not meeting, um, I think we probably might send out to you again on the church group, the internet banking details in case you've misplaced them. We can send those out again today. We just encourage you, it's the beginning of the month, where your bank accounts are full, just give to God from our first fruits. Well, I want to encourage you this morning. But I also want to pray that God will pour blessing into our bank accounts, whether it's through, you know, let me just pray, and I'll pray a few things, and then just pray. And th Father, we thank you. Thank you that you're a faithful God. We thank you for your blessings on us as a church community. Thank you for uh, each one of us who can honor you, thank you, and, and give glory to you where you've 
pour blessings into us. And we just pray this morning, Father, I pray for you to add to us beyond our dreams and our own personal finances, Father. We pray for blessings into our employment. We pray for new job promotions. We pray, Father, for um, businesses to thrive and grow. We pray, Father, for miraculous pouring of money into us to give us that responsibility of being accountable and that we've got the, the seed to plant into your kingdom. So we pray for those blessings in these next couple of weeks, Father. Come, Lord Jesus, and we thank you that you're a good God. And across this church community, we pray you will just pour blessing and surprise us as we go through this month, day after day, as we see money pouring into the bank account, we pray. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Yeah. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Um, and I do, yeah, truly thank you for being a man of faith when it comes to our finances and stuff. So, folks, let's stick together. We are one in heart. We are one in mind as we believe God has got incredible things for us. I know this is, as I've said it every week, a crazy way to kind of meet in an unusual way. But God is blessing our times together. And um, I can't, again, can't wait for us to worship together as a people and that, but I keep saying it to you, don't back down. Okay, now's not the time to kind of, you know, fall back. It's, it's this, what did Matt speak about last week? Resilience. It's a key word for us in the season to be resilient, to press through. Oh, this doesn't feel like real church. This doesn't, it's not feelings and emotions now. It's, it's a principle. It's faithfulness. It's those things that are kind of moving us forward and pressing us on in the things of what God has got for us. So I did that ask Ilana if she wanted to share a testimony with us this morning with what happened at Sozo this last week, I don't know if she's ready to unmute herself because I want to keep sharing good news stories, you know, of things that are taking place and, uh, and happening. And uh, yeah, go for it, Ilana. Tell us a little in a nutshell there what took place this last week. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Sheldon. Um, yeah, so on Wednesday morning, we have uh, discipleship groups at Sozo. And one of our staff members, Randall Daniels, who lives in Freigrond, shared an amazing uh, testimony um, with us on the Wednesday morning, um, which I would just love to share with you guys this morning about what God is doing in that man's life, Randall, <laughs> and also in the community of Freigrond. So he shared with us that on um, in the early hours of Wednesday morning, he um, he heard that a fire broke out in one of the shops around the corner in East Street, um, and this shop is owned by a Somalian um, a man. Anyway, so a fire broke out, and Randall immediately ran to the shop to, to go and see what was going on, and the fire that broke out was happened at the back of the shop where people were actually living, and, and one of the um, people lost their lives in the fire. But what was so incredible about what uh, Randall shared with us was that he immediately ran home to get his, um, I think, pliers, is what you call it, that you side cut cutters. side cutters, to, um, to cut open the shop because the fire went into the shop. So he cut open the, um, the doors to the shop and he ran inside to go and help save some lives. But the incredible thing is that um, Randall was saying that a few years ago, or even a few months ago, if there would be a fire in a shop in Freigrund, there would be looting. 
and people would run in and steal from the shop whatever they can find and they wouldn't really care about what what else was going on he said but an incredible thing took place on that morning was that um nobody stole anything from the shop the people in the street gathered together local people gathered together to help this foreign man in, and his family to get out of the shop to help the people who live on the property to get out of the um out of the site and he said the shop was wide open there's flat screen flat screen tvs in the shop nobody took anything from the shop um he also then testified to us saying that if this was five, six, seven years ago, he would have been the first one who would have stolen from the shop. And he just testified about what God has been doing in his life, that for him now, people's oh, lives okay. and people's well-being are more important than stuff, than stealing, than just getting your hands onto whatever you can find. And that mentality of really just grabbing what you can get. And he said, he's just so thankful for what God has done in his life, that he can open that shop, run inside, save lives. Um, and also that he didn't even feel tempted or didn't, it didn't even cross his mind to loot, to take stuff from the shop and to steal. And also nobody, nobody in the street did. Nobody, nobody stole anything from this man or, or abuse the situation to get what they want, wanted out of it. And um, the owner of the shop said to him, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why didn't you take from me? Why did you help me? And he just said, you know what? Um, it's time. It's time that we, that we look after each other. It's time that we save each other's lives. It's, ti it's time that we, we don't just grab what we can get. But I did it because I wanted to save people's lives. Um, and this man is a Muslim, so um, so Randall now has an open door to go and testify to this man about Jesus and why what God has done in his life. So I encourage him to do so as well. But yeah, just an amazing testimony of and for for Randall to say his whole street, he was like, in the past this would never happen. The the young guys would just steal and loot and do whatever they can to destroy it even further. He said, but it didn't happen, and he was just in tears. He couldn't. You couldn't believe how this whole story unfolded. Yeah, so what a wonderful testimony of what God is doing in his life. Um, because we've known him for 10, 11 years, and God has done a wonderful work in his life. And he's a true leader in his community, you know. And um, so, yeah, uh, just a testimony to what the power of God's work in his life, but also what God is doing in the community of faith. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and we are really, really seeing wonderful things going on. So praise God for that. If I can just add to that, um, um, actually going back about a three weeks or a month, actually, there was a beautiful um, gathering in the Musenberg Marina de Gama, Freigrond, Capricorn. It was a collective, um, what they call a carcade, that gathered at Sunrise Circle. It was the state police and fire brigade and yes. all the NGOs, everyone and people, and they drove through cars driving through all the communities in our areas, right? Our community. And Sozo Van was in there as well. So there's a lot of videos on the Sozo Facebook page of it. You must see, we, we've reposted other people's as well, because it's something, it's something beautiful to see. People mm -hmm. came out of their homes right, and stood all the way down Prince George Avenue through Marina de Gama, 
People came out of Freigrond, out of their homes, everybody holding posters, waving and cheering and saying, we say no to looting. We say no to looting. Our community stands together. And, and it was incredible. I mean, we just heard sirens and stuff, and it was a massive, over 100 vehicles in the Scar case. But it, and what was most important was the Taxi Association of Freigrond was leading this whole procession. So you, you have people coming together in one voice and in unity. And the principle thereof is where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And so when people came together and stood together, the atmosphere has shifted. And now we're starting to hear fruits of this playing itself out. One of many that is probably going on. And I, I suppose for us as a church is where we are to recognize that as Sheldon said this morning, we are gathering here online, but remember, we are coming literally out of our houses with placards and say, we say no for no church, for anti-church. Yeah. You know, we are yeah. standing, we're contending for the things of God, and, and we must not underestimate what is happening in the atmosphere when we do gather like this, or when people of all sorts of race and nation and cultures come together and they drive through. I mean, it's just such a silly thing. You just drive through a place. But what it did in terms of people's minds and hearts, it shifted the atmosphere. And so I, I believe these sort of things are, are connected to, to that stand of unity. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's about unity and shifting atmospheres. As we've spoken about it for years, we just see it actually begin to play itself out. It's almost unbelievable, but it's believable because God is doing it. And I think also, just to add on that, you see, it's the reality of, like, Cecil. See, don't underestimate what you have built into Randall's life. You know, in Lana and Anton, the years that you've slaved hard in that area, and it's hard sometimes to see the fruit of things, but then little moments like this happen, and you're like, man, like, we are changing lives. Because Randall's a changed person from what he was 10, 11 years ago. God has worked in his heart and his life. And we've all seen the ups and the downs, but... He chose kingdom stuff. And look at the help that he has was to a Muslim man. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Guys, don't underestimate the little seeds you sow into people's hearts and lives. Uh, Ilana wants to add some more there. Eh? <laughs> you know, it is incredible. If you, if you look at Randall's life, okay, um, he grew up without his dad. He only met his dad for the first time two years ago. Um, he's now almost 30 years old. His dad lives in Mitchell's Plain. His mom died when he was a teenager, you know, grew up in really just having to fight for himself and really just make ends meet. And here is a, he's a, he's a man now with his own children and he's saying, I'm going to give my children what I never had. Come and on. it's powerful. He's saying, I've, I've met the father <laughs> and now I can be a father to my children. And, and he did just incredible. He has no, had no guidance from a dad. Um, you know, his mom passed away early and had to just, he lived up on a, on a yard where drugs and alcohol was really the everyday scenario, um, um, selling drugs on the yard and stuff. So it's just been amazing to see the transformation. So God is good. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, we have another testimony, um, and this is from my parents, actually. From, Herman, from young to old. From Herman and Joan. And um, it tied in a lot with Ryan, what Ryan Kuhn was saying last week about we're buying the bicycle for the worker and just how it had changed the atmosphere. And you know, God, 
God will bring the people to your very doorstep. And my dad had his computer fixed by a young man that he had not used before, a young colored gentleman. And this young man dropped it off last week, Saturday evening. And you know my dad, everyone knows Herman Kieser. You will have a, a good old chat. He loves to talk. He loves to connect with people. And as he's talking to this guy, of course, it comes up that no, this, this guy got saved a couple of weeks ago at um, Christian Fellowship in town. But actually, he's a bit upset because his wife got filled with the Holy Spirit and he didn't. And he's quite jealous and he doesn't know what to do about it, which, of course, my mom's ears pricked up and she came running over and um, they prayed for this man and he got filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. He raced out of there. He could not wait to get home to pray with his wife. These are they seem like little stories, guys. But when you add them all together, it really means something. So keep going out there, keeping the light. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, totally. We are the change, folks. We are we are living the change, and God is He is certainly putting us in a position where we are not passive anymore in our own lives and all that we live, just in our speech and our conversation and the narrative that's going on in around the world right now. We are the light and we live in the light. And uh, you, you could see on the PowerPoint this morning, a lot of us was about words that we speak. You know, Matthew 12, 34 speaks about, you know, that from the overflow of your heart, so your mouth speaks, you know, and you will be measured. You will be judged by your words and you will be condemned by your words on judgment day. Because that's what we say. It's how speech is how we live. It's how we live according to what God has called us to be. And there's a, there's a measure on that, you know, and when we speak life and godliness, you know, and something we're going to do in September is, and we'll speak more into this in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a 21 days of prayer and uh, declarations and fasting. We really felt for September. And I've been feeling that from the beginning of this year, that September is a month where we're going to kind of do some more of that. And I was on a call yesterday with some friends from around the world. And this lady from, Australia has written a book called The Grumble, The Grumble Fast. And, uh, and I'm like, so the context of that is that for 21 days or 40 days, you choose not to grumble in your conversations and in your speech and in your word. And we are going to add that to, we're going to have a prayer, a grumbling and a decreeing fast. That's going to take place in September from the 6th of September to the 27th or 8th, whenever it is. And every day we're going to send you declarations that you're going to declare over your finances. You're going to declare over your families, over your marriages, over your work environment, over the church nation. We declare the goodness of God, but we're not going to grumble and moan and uh, cry into our breakfast milk every morning. We are going to try. We're going to not try. We're going to trust in the almighty God. And so we're going to, we'll send you some more information about that. So get ready for the grumble fast. Okay. But something that Kathleen and I are going to chat to you about this morning and, uh, and talk through is, you know, it's a massive conversation in talking about what we're saying here about our words and the narrative that goes in and around the world right now and how we get caught up in that stuff. Now, quite a few prophetic people and uh, friends of ours who have, connected with the states they were on the company of prophets call with us on tuesday evening and she spoke about us living in the days of noah you know and 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 jesus says those words he says in luke 17 26 he says that just as it was in the days of noah so will it be in the days of the son of man mm -hmm. you know and and 
the context to, you know, we all understand that what the Lord did around Noah's times, that he flooded the earth because he was so angry and upset with eight of the way things were. And there's a lot to say into that and why. But, you know, what we don't see often is that when we speak about the days of Noah, it says that Noah walked with God. So he was, he was walking with God in isolation compared to what was happening him around the world, what was happening. He still trusted God. He had faith in God. That, that ark took something like a year or something to build or more, you know, and, and the realities of what he was facing, the narrative, the language, the world, the context of around him was, was debacle, but yet he trusted God. And I think we are in very similar position right now. Again, like I said, I don't know which call I said it on. I'm so many different calls, but the church used to be in the center of society. You know, as you tell, go back to the days of Acts, the church was on the side of society. And then it moved to the middle. And that whole thing I say, you ring the bell, people used to come to church. Today, the church has been pushed to the sidelines of society. Maybe our ethics and our values and what we stand for has been a little bit, please don't bring all that kind of goody two-shoes stuff around here. We want to express who we are. We, I'm, I'm free to express who I want to be. I can do what I want to do. Okay, that's, that's fine. Let's see how that plays and works out for you. Because we are on the sidelines of society as the church of God. And you see, Noah walked with God and the world turned against God. You know, and, and that the word walk there actually doesn't mean like a little stroll in the garden. And actually, it's the same word used when the father walked towards Adam and Eve when they had sinned in the garden. It was an intentional walk. He walked with him with intention and he walked with God in the garden. It says, but now he walked with God. And you look at what we're living in today in the midst of all that we're facing today and the worldly narrative. There's so stuff out there at the moment and it can be so negative. Folks, the battle is raging out there. And I'm just going to give you a few little highlights here of what we see happening around the world through context of situations around nations. So let's go back two, three years ago and talk about Brexit. Brexit was a home breaker. There were people in homes refusing to believe this way and that way. It created polarization. Okay. And we've got an English couple here sitting just behind me. They're many and green. They saw it playing out in their, in their realities of the con. That was Brexit. We had Donald Trump. The world, you know, can't believe this idiot. And he's the savior. He's the polarization. Okay. And it'll just keep going. Look at the things that it keeps going with. Black Lives Matter, okay? Uh, the, the, the intention, okay, and the sentiment regards Black Lives Matter, I get. But if you read their manifesto and you read the ethos and the, the ideology when it comes to Black Lives Matter, it's a serious concern. So it created polarization, okay? And see the things just perpetuate one after the other. The whole white su supremacy language that has come up. It causes division. We are not part of those conversations because we as the kingdom and the people of God are one in Christ. And then you add COVID and you add what the governments have done and all the realities. Then you add the beautiful conversation about vaccines. And everybody's got an opinion. Everybody knows better. Okay. And what is it creating? Polarization. It's from one extreme to it being the mark of the beast to biochemical warfare to it's the savior. It's the only thing that's going to save us. Okay, folks, we have to now take cognizance of what we are facing and what we are dealing with. Don't get caught up in the narrative of the world. 
which wants to create a vision, which wants to bring accusation, which is full of judgment, and, and is violation of separating, separating. It's like two magnets, polarized, connected. That is not the kingdom mandate. That is not the kingdom understanding of how we live about, how we live about. Because what we must realize is we are in a war right now. War has intensified. If you, if you at some stage didn't think that we're in a battle, welcome to war. Okay, You have been enrolled and signed up into the army of the almighty God. If you were, ah, oh, things are fine going on. There's a battle going on. And we need to work that. So if you read 2 Corinthians, and I love this passage, and it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So we're not fighting each other. Okay, stop fighting each other over stupid opinions. It's not going to get you anywhere. But we, are, we warfare not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And that's the key part of that verse. It says, we destroy arguments. And every lofty opinion that raised itself against the knowledge of God. So now when we do a 21-day grumble fast, you're going to have to check your words, which starts in your thoughts. Because there's many of us, we fall into that trap. Okay? I know how it goes. I have friends that a guy from school 20 years ago, who I don't talk to, I've played a bit of hockey and that with him, but he private messages me on Facebook. Hey, bud, how are you? I was like, fine, and you? I mean, like, Good, yeah, let's chat. And the next thing he says is, yeah, I'm going for my vaccine tomorrow. I'm like, what? why are you telling me that? I don't care. What you do, bro? It's this weird conversation that everybody has to speak and talk about, okay? So, but here's the rest of the passage. That every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, okay? Being ready to punish every disobedience and when your obedience is complete, we need to check our thoughts and we need to check our language. And because we are all, all very um, clever in our own right. Our truth is our truth in our own right. And, stuff. and when you read further passages in, in the word and you read through Daniel, and there's a key verse that it says in Daniel 12 verse 4, it says, but you, Daniel, okay, it's near the end of Daniel, he speaks about all the vision that he saw. Shut up the words and seal the book. Hold these words to you close until the time of the end. And it says, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. If you look at how knowledge has doubled over the years, it's apparently with AI and all the realities, it's almost daily or weekly. I don't understand. It's, it's rapidly knowledge is doubling on the earth at a rapid rate. If you go back to 1850, and the information that something like the New York Times would kind of put out or a big newspaper, it was so limited in knowledge and understanding, it's just increased and increased and increased. What days are we living? Well, these end days? Because it speaks about that with, 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 um, with Daniel. In those days, knowledge will increase. But the key is, you see, it's not, knowledge is not truth. <laughs> knowledge is just information. And it's our truth of the one, okay, the one that we serve, the one he is in the life. And it's a challenge to us, folks, but we're going to get, um, we are being caught up in all that, okay? So I want to I read you uh, Romans 12, 
And I want to share the screen with you, Romans 14, sorry. And uh, I want to share with you this passage on the screen, and I want you to follow. It's a long section. I want you to open heart, and I want you to listen to what God is saying here. And this passage is all speaking of judgment. You see, Romans was written to the Romans, which were a Gentile people. But there were many Jews that in the Roman world, okay, so as an Gentiles and Jews to, to acknowledge the rest of Jesus Christ. The whole book, like so what you've got is you've got these different religious groups all trying to live together, and everyone has a judgment, everyone has an opinion. In those days, food was a very big thing because they used to offer food and meat and that as sacrifices and idols as offerings to their gods. So food was a massive talking point. How can I partake? How can you do this? How dare you do that? How can you eat that stuff? That's the reality of what they were facing. And I want to read to you Romans 14 as I um, just share this uh, scripture and passage with you. Uh, sorry, let me just share the screen here. Okay, I'm going to read from verse 1. And I'm reading in the Passion Translation. Um, so just follow with me. Open your hearts as I, I kind of read through. Sorry, I just need to try and... Um, unity, okay, the, the heading of the passage is unity in the midst of diversity. Okay. Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though faith may be immature, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing than opinions. Welcome to 2021. The Bible is still relevant 2,000 years later. For example, one believes no problem with eating the food, but another with weaker faith to eat vegetables. The one who eats me shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables. The vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him as his partner. Who do you think you are to sit in of someone else's household servant? Paul's referring to a house that you as a master would have authority, but he's referring to us as the church of God, and him being his own master is what evaluate whether he will succeed. God's power supports them and enables them to stand. In the same way, one person regards a certain day as more sacred than another, and another person regards them all. There is nothing wrong with having different personal convictions about such matters for the person so for each person who regards Sundays especially sacred does it for the Lord and true regarding that God's power supports them and enables them to stand in the same way I've read the sorry skip to read okay all right true regarding what a person eats Okay, let's just run the PowerPoint here. There we go. <laughs> to the one who eats everything, it's to honor the Lord. He gives thank God, and the one special diet does it to honor He thanks God. So everything that we do done to honor God. No one lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. While we live, we must live for our master and in death we must bring honor 
to him. So dead or alive, we belong to our master. For this reason, the anointed one who died and was brought back to life again so that he would become the Lord God over both the dead and the living. Why would you judge your brother or sister because of their diet, despising them for what they eat or don't eat? For we each will have our turn to stand before God's judgment seat, just as it is written. As surely as I am the living God, I tell you, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess the truth and glorify me. Therefore, each one must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. So God being critical, is not being critical and condemning of other believers. Hello. But instead, determined to leave. Wow. Nothing. Is unacceptable. If your brother or sister is offended because you insist on eating what you want, it is no longer love that rules your conduct. Why would you wound someone for whom the Messiah gave his life just so that you can eat what you want? Sure. So don't give people the opportunity to slander what you know to be good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, serving anointed one in these kingdoms, please God and earn respect of others. So the top priority to live with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seek and encourage one another, learning the work of on your opinions food. Yeah. And now it's not about food. Black Lives Matter. That's about that. about the COVID. That's supremacy. It's a Brexit. It's about you can eat anything you want. It's wrong to be deliberately cause someone over what you eat. Of love to refrain from eating meat, wine, or doing anything else that you've believed or tempted. The, uh, and keep the about these matters between yourself. Impose them upon others. Be happy when you don't judge yourself, but your conscience. The one thing feels miserable if he doubts and doesn't faith. Faith. Listen to this. Anything from faith is. Sinful. Wow. That's enormous. Okay, let me just start sharing the screen. Um, so essentially, we are dual preaching today um, because we're feeling that God has really been speaking. And um, I'm going to place a little bit of a challenge to you. If you're able, if you're dressed, <laughs> to put your video on, it's quite nice to see some faces. It's helpful. And it's good to connect that way. So that's my challenge to you. So, you know, the heading of Romans 14 is unity, hence Nadine, is unity in the midst 
diversity. And that's our title because we're very apt. And I'm just going to read that came out today. Taliban militants attempted three major Afghanistan cities, Taliban territory in Afghanistan. Europe leaves several dead. Uh, Belarusian athlete flees to us protests expected as the anniversary of the Beirut blast. Iran it warns it will promptly and strongly to national security threats. Thousands evacuated from East due to ongoing wildfires. 200 wildfires burning across Greece in the worst heat waves. Australia rejects China's two-star dialogue. Positive, eh? <laughs> Life giving. <laughs> so I've lifted a lot about you. <laughs> there are the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom, and each have their own characteristics. The kingdom of darkness, its characteristics are guilt, condemnation, control, lack, turmoil, confusion, division, judgment, hopelessness. Fear, arrogance, mocking, rejection based on differences, and faith and depression. The list could go on. The kingdom of light has its own heuristics. Shalom, peace, hope, acceptance despite differences, abundance, freedom, clarity, humility, encouraging, Patience, joy, kindness, faithfulness, and gentleness. When you read that, it just gives you a bit of life. Down unity. Last year, he made us our unity physically by not letting us physically be together. At layer one. We then started to see people, and we lost a few of our Malay number two. We started coming out of number two, and life was getting back to a normality. We were we were happy, although still under restrictions. We could still see each other, we could still live and move about. But then the the rumors of wave number three started to hit. I tell you, I did it for so long. I was, we cannot go into another wave. A friend, my friend Claire and I, we prayed the death out. We, we stood firm a lot. Actually, God took us on a very intense journey. I'll give you a little taste test because the stories are coming out. I'll leave you with this. Um, Something that was lost, a physical thing that was lost, supernaturally appeared on the kitchen floor. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll tell you at one stage, but it was wild. <laughs> In the midst of everything, to the left, it all got started to dictate in a way again. No more church. Our riddle, already fragile unity, was now seen to shatter once. We were brave at the start. I think we kind of got all our little seeds of mustard seeds of faith, and we were like, we can do our heads down. But, but as we kept going, we found it harder 
and heartache I was beginning to feel like I was exhausted but no sleep could cure this again it was just heavy this last wave and I feel need to be with you about the church finance Sheldon and I being open and authentic leaders we've witnessed leadership be that and what comes of that is and we've made a decision that we will not be like that and we it, but it has been worth it i want and i will get back to but this gives you a fuller picture of what is going on. At the beginning of hard lockdown, I was, con- I'm sorry, I know I'm the leader, I'm the pastor's wife, and I should have too many. That's it. The church, gonna, the church is fine. She's going to, we're not going to, well, we was like, I'm, I'm God. So much so, we had a flood to make this means this week and the teachers had main words it could be it has that we will and say in each name we the buildings we were goes on and on we drew up plans but then a dry season has hit us and it has got really really tough and there was another layer of trauma that got added to all of this our very own country was caught in violence and looting and death rumors of insurrection rumors of it coming from the leading party and the church bank account small we were reeling we are reeling actually and if we even dared to look at the rest of the world, that even was more distressing. But I began to have a bit of a closer look at what was going on around the world. And there's been protests worldwide, protests for freedom in France, Denmark, Greece, Italy, Australia, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, Spain, the UK, the Czech Republic. These aren't rallies of a couple of hundred people. This is, these are rallies of tens of thousands of people marching for freedom and the ability to make their own choices. You know, I learned about the ostrich last week and another skill of the ostrich is it likes to stick its head in the sand. It's time we bring our heads out of the sand. Mm-hmm. And it's bringing our heads out of the sand to look at more trauma. It's not that at all. It's bringing our heads out of the sand, cast eyes to the hills where our help comes from. Psalm 121, the thing is God protects us. I look up to the mountains and the hills, longing for God's help. But then I realize that our true help and protection is only from the Lord, our creator who made the heavens and the earth. He will guard me and guide me, never letting me stumble or fall. God is my keeper. He will never forget or ignore me. He will never slumber nor sleep. He is the guardian God. 
for his people, Israel. Yahweh himself will watch over you. He's always at your side to shelter you safely in his presence. He's protecting you from all danger, both day and night. He will keep you from every form of calamity and evil as he continuously watches over you. You will be guarded by God himself. You will be safe when you leave your home and safely you will return. He will protect you now and he will protect you forevermore. We need to recognize our fear and look at our trauma. What does that look like? Not in a way of trying to fix it, not in a way of trying to deal with it. And I was thinking, Lord, how do I get this across? And he gave me a picture of a woman standing amongst debris of a, of a, pass, of a tornado that had just passed through her town. And she was standing, looking at her destroyed house. And, and she saw her post box was still standing. And that gave her a glimmer of hope. Then she saw a tree that she had planted and it was still standing and her hope grew. Then her neighbors started arriving and they picked through the debris together, celebrating together when a lost treasure was found and mourned together when something of sentimental value was lost. We have all faced the season in one way or another. No one is coming us. We are all carrying wounds. And that is why this is such a holy moment. There is a division. And the Holy Spirit said, please cross that out and write time. There is no time for division or anger at one person's decision, whether for or against. There is no time. We are in a moment of time that is going to take us it's going to take us sacrificing our opinions, our research, our truth to switch off the narrative of the world and begin to steward a move of God yeah. that is like no other. Amen. We are not in tribulation. Yeah. We are in the end days. But even the disciples referred to that time when the Messiah had ascended to heaven as the end of days, as the last days. That is where we are. And yes, we're living there, not in tribulation. We have gone into a moment of foreshadowing. Now, foreshadowing is an indication of a future event. And God in the, the Old Testament always foreshadowed through different things what was to come Testament. Adam, the creation of Adam was the foreshadowing of, the, of Christ coming, of Christ the Savior. Abraham and Isaac was the foreshadowing of the Christ's crucifixion. Joshua leading his people to the promise was the foreshadowing of Jesus leading God's people out of a spiritual desert of sin into the promised land and heaven. This time is a foreshadow of tribulation. We must understand God has a timeline. He doesn't operate in time. He operates by events, time events on the earth. 
and he measures it like that. The enemy is trying to speed up the timeline. If he can get enough people to come into agreement with what he is doing, then he wins. But, but the remnant mm. are rising. Come on. The remnant mm. are waking mm. up. The clarion call has gone out. And his people, we need to lift our eyes to the hills, stand on his promises over our personal lives, over our community, over our city and nation, and come into agreement with his plan. Jesus is coming, but it's not the second coming, not just yet. A great awakening mm. is being released come on. Earth. Mm, yes. And what precedes a great awakening a great shaking we have nothing to fear because god is completely and utterly in control somehow um sorry let me get mine i'm going i can hear kathleen people ask kathleen how do you know this for sure <laughs> sounds very pretty doesn't it but how do i know it well i have some sources and um, it's the prophets. Don't worry. I can hear the eye rolls. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to explain to you how we listen to the prophets. <laughs> Two simple things. Forgive me as I read this. I found it very, very important. Prophets and prophecy. The great importance of the prophetic movement is evidenced by the occurrence of the word prophet 300 times in the old testament and a hundred times in the testament a lot of terms that clearly refer to main function examination closely on the use of the word prophet makes the definition certain this becomes apparent not from the first occurrence of the word but record. the first occurrence gives a little clue as it's to its meaning, which was, it was uh, is told that Abraham, the prophet, will pray for him. This is in Genesis 20, verse 7. This is the only time the word occurs in the Genesis, and yet it yields little meaning of the term beyond the prophet. A prophet, and it said prophet had an especially close relationship to God and could pray effectively. So strictly speaking, the work of the prophet is not the fulfilling of the office of a prophet, but the performance of a prophet. It would appear that God on several occasions elected a man to give one or two messages and never use him again mouthpiece. But on other occasions, the Lord used a man as a prophet over a long period of time. The prophetic position is entirely of a relationship to God and cannot be enhanced or decreased by any human agency. So this is my yardstick. This is my measuring stick to measure prophetic voices and to tell the false from the true, which actually is far easier than you think to tell a false prophet from a true prophet. If the enemy would like you to think that it's all and it is actually so obvious. If it is, um, you can spot a false prophet watch his life and his character his ministry 
But what is that form? Have a look behind your shoulder. You will quickly tell what a true prophet is and what a false prophet is. Yeah. But even the true prophets must be weighed. And so my measure is they have a close relationship to God and pray effectively, not just for the performance on the stage but and in front of a crowd, but with God. The yardstick is their prophecies will always be razor sharp they will be specific and will always point you to Jesus. Always point you to Jesus. They will never put themselves. They will decrease so that he increases. And humility is a merit. You find a humble prophet, you found a good one. Because you see, when you are speaking God's word and you are his mouthpiece, you feel a sense of importance. And that can be an open door. For pride to come our most powerful weapon that i have so i watch the prophets i watch the fruit but my second powerful is our discernment you have that gift that is what god has given you but you know the unsaved have it too as believers we have the opportunity to raise us to to get our discernment up levels. We have ability to increase our discernment. We have the ability to sharpen it. The more we listen, the more we hear, the more we speak, the more your discernment is sharpened. Mm. This foundation of watching a prophet and my own discernment, I have overseas. And more importantly, I found a group of prophets here in South Africa, which has got me really excited. Because you need to know what's going on in your own land. Because this is where I'm planted. This is where I'm the change. I'm passionate about South Africa. I'm passionate about seeing her free. I'm not frightened by what I see the shaking. Because I know King governments, he is exposing things that need to be exposed. We have nothing to fear. Now, God always brings out his prophets when the king rogue. He always brings out his prophets when the kings are going rogue. They are his mouthpiece. And when we church tune in mm. to what God is saying through his prophets, and then we partner with that by coming in agreement with them and standing firm on what God has said over us personally and corporately, yeah. then we start to see the tide turning. Mm. And let me tell you folks, the tide turning. My spirit has been doing this. It's been on like a high intensity vibration Sunday. Because on Monday, I learned a very valuable lesson. <laughs> so if you don't know, I'm a Catholic lady. Not one of those like I need 20 cats living in my house happy, but I love that in the, the most traumatic thing. I've ever it was just horrendous. Two later, I felt God say to me, It's time for another cat. And I was no, I the thought I can't. Anyway, he took me on a little journey and little Polly came into our lives. And little Polly healed parts of my heart that I didn't think were possible to heal. She is now six months old, and on Sunday she went missing. I'm already a helicopter parent because, well, cat lady, because I'm, I'm so traumatized from the last one. And now she was missing. She didn't come home. I 
stayed up all night. I begged God, I pleaded, argued, I did whatever. I, I watched the sun come up, put my clothes on, trekked around the neighborhood, calling her name, desperately reached out to my friend Claire and said, I need some prayer support. She actually just got in her car, came neighborhood together. <laughs> it was a moment. We were sitting in my car at the play and I am sobbing. Like, honestly, the ugliest cry you've ever come to. I was wrapped. I couldn't even breathe out. And there, my friend, she had her arm around me and she was declaring and decreeing and claiming and reversing. And she, we just went off. She went off her head. We were not going to lose this cat. It wasn't going to happen. She was so passionate about it. It was find people like that. You need people like that who are going to stand with you when your pets go missing. So um, it was actually quite comical. It was, I, I, you have to laugh. I mean, I don't know what God was thinking at that point of his two daughters. But anyway, I posted on, on the Facebook local, our local Lakeside Facebook group. But, you know, during that day, I couldn't hear God. I couldn't feel God. I was a mess. I hadn't slept. And then suddenly... Sheldon burst through the door at about two in the afternoon. Now, bearing in mind, this man is on about three overseas calls. And in between the calls, he's running saying, someone's got Polly, someone's got Polly. I raced out the gate to the neighborhood, sent the message, and we're trying to phone this number. And I said, I think you've got my cat. And he said, yeah, we're, we're at number three, Vaynut, which is literally right across the road. So I ran over like a crazed woman, thanked, ran off with my cat. And a bit later in the afternoon, when the dust had settled, I felt God reveal the lesson. And I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity and nature and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him for more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out victoriously. So we're thinking, okay, that's, that's great. But I heard this teaching recently on this very passage where the preacher said, actually, in some translations, it says the testing is more, it's, they use the word revelation, and that the enemy cannot test you beyond the revelation that you have received from God. Your revelation from God is you. Only you can give it away. Hmm. Peter, it was revealed through him first that Christ was the Messiah, and he was tested. He kind of failed. But I believe on that beach, when Jesus was doing the fish fry for breakfast, that Peter said yeah, sorry, yeah. that he ran of his ways. Judas was also tested, and he hung himself. Now, my test on Monday wasn't testing me that the Christ is the Messiah. My revelation was that this little kid. This little kitty was my gift from God. To be taken from me prematurely. That was not right. And I had firm. And you know, I couldn't firm, but I had a friend who stood firm for me. That's what we do as a community. We stand together when we are weak. 
and we stand on our nations because it cannot be taken from us. And now I know that for the rest of my life, anything that God gives me cannot be taken from me. And you know what? What is your revelation? What are your promises? What does the enemy try to test you on? Maybe flung up your arms and said, actually, you know what? Like Peter, he kind of failed. He denied Christ. Do you know? You can be on the beach for Christ and you can repent and say, I'm sorry. And you can get back up again. Mm-hmm. And you know, the church finances. <laughs> I have to laugh. Yeah. There's a couple of hundred rand in the bank account. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I'm laughing because the enemy is testing us on this revelation. Yeah. God, what has God said over us? Mm. He said that the bay would have much resource. Yeah. That means money, buildings, because we know we are going to steward it to change a community, Come a on. city, and a yes. nation. Come on. Sorry, the enemy can test us, but I laugh. I laugh at that couple of hundred rand, and I stand firm on the of what God has said over us, yeah. and it cannot be taken from us. Yeah. And you know what? We're going to stand together because that bank account is going to start flowing. It's going to blow your doors off with what's going to come in there Amen. to change mm. the world. That is our calling. Lift your heads. Lift your heads to the hills. Where does our hope come from? Where does our hope come from? So here we are. Broken, <laughs> battered, bruised, in debt. 1 Samuel 2, 22 verse 2. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around David and, became, and he became their leader and they became his mighty men. David and his mighty men had one secret weapon at their disposal that Saul did not have, the sons of Issachar, the men who had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, is our weapon. So as we begin to pick through the debris of this this lockdown we're at, I've taken some of those passages from Romans and I've inserted the Bay City Church and our community. We at the Bay City Church to engage in debates with our brothers concerning nothing more than opinions. Come on. Why would we, the Bay City Church, judge our brothers and sisters because of their diet, their choice, despising them for what they eat or what they choose and eat? For we at the Bay City Church will have our own turn to stand before God's judgment seat. We at the Bay City make it our top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in our relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another while we rebuild. We will stop Bay City Church for God by insisting on our own opinions about food. We can eat anything we want to, but it is deliberately wrong for us at the base church to cause a brother to be offended over what we eat. We commit ourselves at the base city church to the convictions that we have about these matters and keeping them between ourselves and God and won't them on others. I've written a little, no, I'm not adding to scripture. Please, you're not doing that. I just wrote this and I said, unless if someone asks me my opinion on something, I will give them real, 
and the enemy has created this atmosphere worldwide where you can't even talk to somebody across the aisle to say on this and the normal response would be oh that's interesting on this oh okay cool <laughs> no now it's an absolute war that should be something that's the kingdom of darkness okay let's we've got mm. to be awake mm. we must be able to distinguish between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light we have to discern that my father's while cleaning so you know it's holy <laughs> i had this term in my head this word being flung around just rolling around my head, mandatory and i felt god say to me kathy i haven't even made you the ultimate choice that's my kingdom that's right. that's right so i just i want to pray and there is an after party it's not me you'll be you'll be so pleased to know you might be sick of my voice now it's alana is going to do the after party today but something we want to add on to this before i pray is that you know if we were meeting together at church we would say i would say at the end of my preach you know what if you need in prayer needing something come to the front and we'll pray over you this is going to be messy i i know we don't even know how it's going to work but as the meeting ends you are more than welcome to leave but you're also more than welcome to stay if you are needing prayer and we're going to pray over you and you can write it in the chat or or not but we need to pray with one another we have got to stand together and pick up the debris there's a lot of debris mm. and we're going to pick it together because that's what community does okay alana over to you okay thank you kathleen and sheldon um this week i i was driving to sozo and on my on my way there i just heard these words banging banging in my mind distraction 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 and all the way to sozo and back i just heard distraction distraction and what i feel god was saying was like what is what are you saying god and <clears throat> i feel god was saying that since the start of covid um we had such a sense of what god is doing in the season and then covid hit and i feel like god saying that that's been one of the enemy's biggest um schemes around this whole thing was to get the body of christ distracted distracted from in the earth and what god is doing in this country what god is doing in our communities our families and when the enemy can come in and distract us and make our make us focus on the circumstances and the environment and the situations and the and the total um death and decay around us we forget what god is doing and we take our focus off of what god is doing And what God wants to do through us and in us every day, because we keep on looking at the distractions that the enemy is throwing at us, and whether that is in 
our in, in our marriages, in our families, in our communities, in our job, in our workplace, or ministry. I just felt like God is calling us back to. focused and to to say the distraction is not from God this distraction is onto Jesus and kingdom first thing that I just wanted to share here was we would give up so we wouldn't be focused on him so we will look around us and get tired and weary so that was the one thing but the other thing linked to this is relationships if you think about back to Genesis in the garden the enemy came in Satan came in because because he wanted to, to, to also destroy the communion, the, the relationship, the covenant relationship between um, Adam, Eve, and God in the garden. And he came in to dis, disrupt and destroy the unity, disrupt and destroy the relationship between God and the people he created and loved. And so at this very point, as Kathleen's talking about all these issues and opinions, and as we read in Romans, let's guard our hearts to always pursue relationship because Jesus is relationship. Let's pursue relationship and unity before we try and bring our own opinions and stuff. And relationship is key in going forward in this season. And the enemy would want to break marriages because if he can, he would break up churches. If he can break up a marriage, a a pastor and his wife or leaders in churches, leaders in ministries, if he can break up your um relationships where you are at um he knows that he can divide and he can divide and he can conquer so keep working on the relationships and keep putting the relationships first and keep seeking relationship with our father first um because that is exactly where the enemy is trying to come in and disrupt us at this stage is in our relationships and let us be a community that pursue relation relationships and restored relationships let's always put love first let's always pursue love and connection before opinions and distractions so that's just me thank you amen alana that's me (laughs) yeah thank you let's yeah let's pursue relationships and connection firstly a proper internet connection would help for all of us to kind of make but that's that's crucial what it you know it started in the garden adam and eve being in perfect relationship with god and sin separated them and the last the very last line of romans 14 and i want to read it in the the esv let me just find it here quickly because there's there's something very key on this he says yeah the very last line don't don't read romans 14 it encourage you it says but whoever has doubt or doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith for whatever does not proceed from faith listen now is sin that's that's very powerful very powerful if it doesn't proceed from faith it's sin and when we pursue relationships and we pursue god's heart for what he's doing at this time and not opinions and not our kind of understanding of how we think we always pursue him and we set him in order. Now, it's, no, the meeting's gone on a lot longer today and all the technical issues has been a real joy to try and navigate our way through this stuff. But we want to pray together, okay? 
we want to kind of just, you know, maybe I think the best thing to do is that we all just unmute our microphones and get a little bit messy. And uh, we all just pray for a minute or two over each other, you know, so take people's on the screen, pray over yours, pray over your homes, that we will be the kingdom ambassadors to arise in this day and this hour. Okay. And um, that's, that's what we standing on. That's what we believing on. And um, that's well. So let's just unmute everybody for a minute or two. Let me just see if I can uh, do it this way around. Yeah. Let's unmute you all. No. Um, yeah. We'll just pray over each other for the next minute or two. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We just want to praise and glorify you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, right now, we declare that every situation, Father, by your spirit, you know what each person is facing, Father God. You know what each, the debris that is around each person, Father. And right now, as a leadership, we release the shalom yeah. peace of God. Yeah. We release unity yes. into homes in the name yes, of Jesus. Lord. Where division has come, where lack has come, yeah. where, the, where the characteristics of the kingdom of mm. darkness has come, we say we bind you in the name of Jesus. We evict you, and together we stand as yeah. We believe, we believe, we stand firm on the nations, Lord, that you have given us, Father God. And we say, Lord, together we are going to stand with you, Father. Together we stand in love. So as we go about our day and our week, Lord Jesus, that you are with us in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Bless you all. Let's greet goodbye and blessing over each other and stuff. Just love you all. Wave at each other.